Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Love Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, March 30th, 2011. It's 6 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Anytime during the show at one six four six three eight one four eight six zero, or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts, or tweet me any questions you like at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me. Just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, the videos, the articles, and the shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner, so look for those as well. I've also made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed just about anywhere on the Internet, uh, but you can look for it on YouTube or my website, so check those out. All my wine articles and reviews are now available on any smartphone. Just download the Hello Vino app, and you can take my wine reviews and articles with you anywhere you go. Tonight, my guest is a superb craftsman of outstanding wines and has been in the biz for more than 25 years. He, like me, was into music at an early age, and his instrument of choice was a guitar. I'm going to ask him about that in a little while. The name of the wine company he produces wines for? Whitehall Lane. His name? Dean Sylvester and he'll be joining us shortly. Of course, the number to call in, one six four six three eight one four eight six zero, or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, 
Email me your questions to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also tweet me your questions to at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I will read them right here live as we speak on the show. As always, I've opened a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can ask questions of me or Dean, and I'll check into the chat room live periodically during the show to get answers for you. Yeah, hi, this is Tony Danza. You listen to Stu the Wine Guru. He's not bad. I listen to him every once in a while, you know, drink a Tuscan Red. Try to take down the edge. Pretty good. I like them. Not bad. So let me make sure that everyone listening knows Dean's website and can go there for more information about him and Whitehall's great wines. To learn more about Dean Sylvester and Whitehall Lane, go to www.whitehalllane.com. That's W-H-I-T-E-H-A-L-L-L-A-N-E.com and find out where you can buy his wines locally or buy it directly online at their website. As I've always said, that's the beauty of the Internet. You can sip some wine while you buy some wine. So without any further wait, let's bring on my guest for the evening. First of all, I want to welcome Mr. Dean Sylvester. How are you, Dean? Fine, Stu. It's, uh, I'm glad to be on your show. Very nice. Thanks. Oh, it's outstanding. It's outstanding. This is a long time coming, I have to say, because Whitehall Lane has a very dear place uh, in my heart, as far as uh, wine companies, and uh, I'll I'll go into that a little bit in a little while. But right now, I want to talk with you and ask you about uh, some great stuff about Whitehall Lane and you, and uh, and get my listeners involved and have them find out everything they can find out within the thirty minute parameter. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a great so, plan. Yeah, so so um, you know how this works. I I have tweeted questions from Twitter that come in. I've got some some email questions that will be coming in. Uh, I've got people in the chat room that will ask questions, and of course, there's my questions, so no particular order. I'm just going to field them at you. And, yeah, fire um, away. Let me, let me start with my... So my listeners know you played guitar in a garage band. <laughs> I just want to know a little bit about that experience. You know what? I have uh, since I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in the 60s, and... Um, you know, it was the classic, uh, see the Beatles on TV, and I uh, think I could do the same. So I've been in some sure. band or other since uh, about 1965, and I've played with various setups over the years. And for the past 20 years, that long, I've played with a singer-songwriter out here in California. I played guitar for him. And uh, we've played oh, various things over the years, lots of club gigs uh, for a long time, and... Uh, these days it's more um oh what I call casuals meaning events and uh we do a lot of winery stuff being here in wine country a lot of winery events and uh showcases and clubs when it's more of a showcase kind of a club uh, uh getting too old to play the bars anymore but uh we still have lots of fun doing it and it's been a a great source of uh therapy as I call it for me for many years Nice, nice, nice. I did the yeah. uh, Weekend Warrior kind of thing a while back, about 10 years back or so, 12 years back. I, I did the old uh, band on the weekend kind of thing, played out at different parties. And I, Again, the my story was simple. I uh, played bass for many years actually out in California uh, uh-huh. back in the 80s, and, and then uh, uh, I got real rusty with that, but sang as well. And uh, when I tried to get into a band here in Florida, uh, I, I, you know, I wanted to play bass, so I was playing bass and, and singing, and they said, stop. And I said, oh, I'm real sorry because, you know, my bass playing my bass playing is kind of rusty. He said, no, 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 your bass playing is not that great, but you're singing. 
we'd prefer you sing than play bass, so that's what I did. But enough about me. Let's talk about me. So anyway, back in third grade, no. Um, let's uh, let's let, tell my listeners a little bit about Whitehall Lane for the one or two people globally that don't know anything about it. Yeah, sure thing. It's uh, it's a family-owned winery. We're right in the middle of Napa Valley in the Rutherford district of Napa Valley, and um, it uh, dates back uh, to 1979 was the first year uh, wines were made here, and it was um, started by a couple brothers came up from Los Angeles who wanted to get in the wine business, and they built a small winery and uh, ran it kind of on a mom-and-pop basis and then got a little bigger and their wines uh, were pretty good and uh, then they wanted to branch off into something else so in 1993 the family that owns it now uh, bought the winery Um, they've owned it since and it's a family from San Francisco and uh, my boss the owner um, uh, made some money in a previous career and Decided he wanted to get in the wine business, which is not a an uncommon story out here. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but he's brought his family along, and he has five grown children that have all been involved here at one time or another. And it's definitely been a family operation. But the winemaking itself uh, rests on my shoulders, and uh, uh, I've been making wine with the Leonardini family for um, since 1997. Uh, here at Whitehall Lane, and I've been making wine uh, just in general since 1976. So actually, uh, 2010, last fall, uh, that was my 35th harvest. Uh, but the last uh, 13, or I guess it's 14 now, have been here at Whitehall Lane, and we're a uh, a well-known um, Napa Valley winery, uh, famous probably most famous for Cabernet. We make a couple, two or three of those, uh, but we also make uh, quite a bit of Merlot and Sauvignon Blanc and have a solid following for those. And then small, and amounts, Noir. Of, uh, small amounts of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we we all like to drink uh, Pinot here, so uh, we make it, too. Yeah, and I have to say you guys make some uh, some great wines. Cab, of course, uh, being your, your, I would say, your uh, um, benchmark. That is um, correct. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, that's won many, many awards. I'm going to let everybody go go back over to the uh, www.whitehalllane.com and uh, and just take a look. Uh, you guys have won tremendous awards uh, under your stewardship, if you will, and uh, well, and before that, but more so under your stewardship. And I have to say, uh, just some spectacular wines. I want to just I alluded to this at the top um, when I worked in retail. Uh, I had the uh, fantastic um, honor of staying uh, due to a, a, a contest that I, I won as part of selling some of Whitehall Lane's wines uh, and was sent out to California, to Napa, and stayed uh-huh. at uh, Foreign Park. Um, oh, yeah, very nice. One of the vineyards uh, and, and on the property. And I have to say it was just an amazing experience. Mike McLaughlin, who is uh, one of the um, our great general manager, yep. yep, had uh, had given us one of the, the best tours, ones that I don't think many people get, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time, and that's why it's uh, it's why Whitehall has been kind of one that I've I've been wanting to get I wanted to get you guys on here onto the show as soon as I had something like this to do. So that said, let me get back to some 
tweeted questions that are coming in here fast and furious that I want to answer. So sure. first one's from the Tasting Room from Loire Valley, France, tweeted. Wow. Uh, I'd like to ask what Dean thinks about the French notion that wines from Napa Valley and, in fact, the New World lack terroir expression. Um, that's a good question, and it's certainly a topic of uh, some great debate uh, in the wine world these days. Um, well, you know, the uh, I would say this, uh, that the French vineyards have been uh, in the uh, ground they're in uh, uh, many more years than uh, the California vineyards have, and so their sense of place in France um, is a very deeply seated and uh and there's good reason to be in Napa Valley and in California in general uh we're a much younger wine business and uh wine tradition although it it has a you know a pretty good amount of years behind us now but uh and we are gradually sorting through what grows best where and uh i think as time goes by we've uh taken uh some of the varieties away from the sites where they don't do as well and concentrated on the varieties that do well in certain areas. And I think as time goes on, it is the case that the Appalachians here in California are becoming more distinct and that the wines produced there are uh, more a, a sign of uh, where they're grown. And, and it is the case also that... Um, that with the uh, climate we have here uh the 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 way uh the grapes grow and the come to ripeness is a little different than uh some of the areas in Europe and France and so um the distinctions between the uh, terroir are less evident not because of the soils they're grown in but because the climate is so universally um even here Right, right, and I and I and you know here here's another that's a, that's an excellent excellent uh, detailed explanation and and one that needs to be kind of um, out there because of the fact that you know look the French uh, and most of Europe Italy and all have had hundreds and hundreds of years to make yeah. wine. So uh, if if we say that the California is in its infancy, still in its infancy per se, um, less than a hundred years for, for argument's sake. Um, producing and 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 selling and marketing wine, uh, you know, I think the U.S. and when I say California in particular is doing a phenomenal job in really carving out um, a, a great piece of the market. So, you know, that's kind of where where things kind of lie at this point in time. Um, Astoria Wine Diva from Astoria Queens, New York, tweeted, "Where the main." terroir characteristics driving you to grapes in St. Helena and Rutherford area? Well, certainly this area is best known for Cabernet Sauvignon. And mm -hmm. the soils here, uh, particularly in the mid part of the valley where we are, St. Helena, Rutherford, Oakville, um, are very well suited to Cabernet between the, the climate and the soil types. Cabernet is king uh, in this part of the valley, and Napa is probably most famous for Cabernet Sauvignon. Having said that, uh, I've always been, uh, it's been my feeling that where good Cabernet Sauvignon grows, 
the most of the Bordeaux varieties will do well here. So there's some uh, very nice Merlot and uh, little pockets of uh, Malbec and Petit Verdot and, and Cabernet Franc that uh, do well, uh, although they're mostly used for blenders here. Yep. Uh, and then also I would say that I think that where good Cabernet Sauvignon grows, Sauvignon Blanc does well too. So actually the mid-valley of uh, Napa Valley, uh, there's lots of good Sauvignon Blanc grown here including um, our vineyards, of uh, which we have three in uh, Rutherford here that we grow Sauvignon Blanc in, and it does quite well. So uh, I think the the future of the heart of Napa Valley is based around the Bordeaux, Bordeaux varieties, uh, the reds, and uh, Sauvignon Blanc also. Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, following up, Dean's Guide from San Rafael, California, tweeted, Hey, Stu. Please ask Dean if they plan a Zinfandel release or another varietal. I love Petite Syrah, so he wanted to let you know that and ask. Uh, I would say this. Um, you know, we're we're pretty spread out as it is. Uh, we make uh, one Merlot and one Sauvignon Blanc, considering the, our location, and then uh, we make uh, basically uh, a regular Cabernet and then three reserve-style Cabernets two of which are right. vineyard designated from uh one from Rutherford and one from Santa Elena. And uh and that's by far most of our production. It turns out that the family and me, uh we all like to drink uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, so we make a little bit of each that we source from a grower down in Carneros area, which is much yes. cooler. Uh Zinfandel, uh we like that too, but we just think we'd be stretching ourselves a little thin to broaden our Based not only from a production and growing grapes point of view, but also one more wine to market and sell. But the sure. Pizza, I would say this: uh, we do make a port style. Of course, we don't call it port, but it's a, a fortified uh, wine. It's a petite Syrah in a port style, and it's very popular. It's uh, available here at the winery. You can either buy it here locally or online uh, or on the phone. Either way, uh, we ship wine sure. all over. And it's a, a beautiful uh, expression of Petit Syrah. Uh, it's uh, uh, fortified in a port style, and it's uh, very nice. Well, let me let Dean know. First of all, let me thank so far everyone that's been tweeting questions. And, and, and Dean, you're over in San Rafael, so you're right around the corner practically. You could yeah, hop in there right. and and Close. enjoy it fresh right out of the uh, – pour right out of the bottle or the yeah, barrel. Yeah, around the corner. Absolutely. So Matt Rinkerman from New Jersey tweeted, ask Dean if they still – now I know the answer to this, and you'll you know be immediately answering this question, but ask Dean if they are still doing the glass toppers. Uh, Matt, that's uh, something I'm glad you brought up because it's something we're excited about. We've been doing it for a while. Uh, the glass stopper is known uh, in the industry as a vino seal. And we were the first in California to uh, use it on uh, uh, basically um, our reserve cabs all get the vino seal. The very first vintage was the 2003 reserve cab, and our current release, the 2007 reserve Cabernet, uh, still has the vino seal. And for those of you out there who are not familiar with that, it's an alternative closure, alternative to a cork. Some people call it a glass cork, but it's uh, really not a cork. It's a, a glass stopper that you might see uh, of the type that's in a perfume bottle or something. Uh, and it fits in the, the top of the bottle nice and snug. 
and uh, seals the bottle well, and um, the seal that's formed by the vino seal uh, is very similar to uh, what a natural cork would be as far as the way the wine uh, can age. And each year when I bottle our reserve cab, I do a little bit, uh, a couple cases worth of cork finish next to these uh, vino seals so that I can see how similar they are. And after five plus years now, since the first time we did it with our 03 reserve cab, we taste those uh, side by side occasionally, the vino seal versus the natural cork, and so far there seems to be no difference. So we're very happy with that, and we get great consumer acceptance and uh, excitement about it and the the industry seems to like it and the the servers and the restaurants and the sommeliers uh, have supported it so uh, we're very happy with it and i have to say that's been something that uh that uh, not unlike stelvin have been uh the the question the million dollar question is bottle aging and you know does it hold up versus cork and um i've been only hearing uh good things i have not heard much in the way of no, nah, you know, we had it a year, we had it two years, we had it ten years, and you know nothing, and 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 it's really not doing, it's not performing the way we expected it to, or happy. I've heard just the contrary. I've heard everyone say it's, you know, it, some of the wines have just been incredible. They're very very happy. So that's good news. And and look, you know, um, with the cost of bottles and the cost of and the fact that cork uh, has the ability to oxidize and 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 uh, and break down and. Um, you know, uh, you can get something that uh, doesn't uh, hold up after a period of time. And there you have a great wine that you had for X amount of years. Um, and it's just really good balsamic vinegar, you know. Um, <laughs> that's what I say. Very expensive balsamic vinegar is my line. But anyway, that's I said, break right. out the salad. You're going to have a great a great salad dressing. Um, so, okay. So, let me go back to some of my questions here. Uh, so, so, UC Davis. And then yes. where did you work first? And what were, were your early lessons from that experience? So where did you go, and then what did you learn from well, that I, first? I've, yeah, I've, I've been to a lot of places. Um, my Newton? first winery job actually was at UC Davis. I was an employee of the university uh, mm-hmm. working in their winery while I was attending uh, classes there. So for three years, I was their sole uh, full-time employee in the winery there. So I did uh, three years of work there, but... After I got out and uh, went to commercial wineries, that was in the 70s, uh, I worked a year in Santa Cruz at a place called Bargetta Winery. Interesting Mm -hmm. from the point of view, one, that it was my first commercial winery job, but also that uh, the winery itself, uh, which has been there a long time since uh, repeal of Prohibition in 1933, it's an old Italian family winery, and uh, interesting from the point of view that they make fruit wine also. So mainly they make the grape wines that we're familiar with, but on the side they would make a little fruit wine out of berries and uh, various fruits, and so that was interesting. And right, then I went right. up to Sonoma County and uh, worked for a while over in Healdsburg at a winery that's uh, not there anymore, but it was a great learning uh, ground because it was um, there were some uh, good people uh, to train me there in the... Uh, the the ways of uh, high-tech winemaking at the time. This was early 80s, and I really got uh, great experience at that place. Um, and then uh, I moved over to uh, in 83 to Napa and worked for uh, almost 10 years at a place called Newton Vineyards, a well-known uh, St. Helena winery. Unbelievable, uh, too. 
Yep, that's a great spot. Uh, and um, I was the assistant winemaker there for almost 10 years. Great and charts. Then, uh, then to uh, Chimney Rock Winery in um, the Stags Leap District here in Napa. Mm-hmm. Another great uh, spot and uh, now owned by the Turtolato family, but at the time it was a uh, privately owned winery. And then uh, three more years at another winery across the valley from uh, where I am now on the Silverado Trail. Uh worked for a guy named Mario Pirelli Minetti. I uh, was his winemaker, uh, and this is a family uh, that he was part of that went back to the turn of the 20th century uh, here in California in the 1900s. His uh, dad uh, was a key figure in the early California wine industry, and Mario was uh, still carrying on the tradition, and then in 97 came over here to Whitehall Lane. So it's it's been a, a long trip and a lot of good places and a lot of good experience, and it's culminated in uh, making great wines here at Whitehall Lane. Yeah, I, and I think that, like you said, that's what shaped you, uh, your experiences in, in in being able to make some phenomenal wines at Whitehall. So you took that with you. That's that's the takeaway from all of that. Um, more questions for me at the moment because I want to get some of these uh, some answers. Um, so, what attracted you to the Cabernet grape and making you know making that? Versus, I mean, initially. Well, I think that uh, there's there's two things. One was the uh, just the serendipity of me happening to work at uh, wineries that specialized in Cabernet, but really my wine background predates my winemaking background. In that, uh, in the very early 70s, I was selling wine at a retail level. Mm-hmm. and uh learned to drink good wine at that time uh this was on the east coast and um i was uh drinking the best wines i could drink uh at the time mostly european wine actually although a little bit of californian and uh i was attracted to cabernet at that point because i think uh ultimately um well i guess ultimately really i like to drink all wine i like all the styles and if it's well made wine um, all the different varieties and the different styles of wine I love. I'm, I'm just a wine drinker. But uh, when it comes to Cabernet Sauvignon, um, if it's made well and it's aged to the right age where it's ready to go and it's at its peak, um, there's there's hardly a grape like it. It just uh, is so delicious and um, complex. And it does take time to get where it's going. It's a wonderful grape to grow. It's fun to make in the winery because it's uh, the processes that you go through are involving and uh, the way you can shape it with different fermentations and oaks and uh, the way it grows here in the heart of the Napa Valley. It's just uh, the perfect grape for me. So I want to ask you quickly, because we only have a couple moments left here together, um, mm-hmm. Is there, are there any events that you want to let my listeners know about that are upcoming at the at the vineyard, the winery uh, that you'll be uh, at that you want to let them know that they should uh, not miss? Sure. I would say that um, without getting too specific, uh, we have a wine club like a lot of wineries do, uh, and we have three or four events a year. 
that mm-hmm. are all really fun. We have one coming up in May, and uh, they're they're really good. We taste wines, older wines that haven't been out for a while, that uh, are aged uh, now to perfection, old Cabernets. We taste uh, releases that uh, are brand new that uh, people haven't had a chance to try. And so we do those uh, uh, pretty regularly. There's one coming up in a couple months. And those are a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the wine club is a good way to get involved with that. And then uh, and then once a year we have one at Harvest uh, that's our biggest one. And if anybody ever wants to hear me play guitar, usually almost always we play at that one. So that's a lot of Excellent. fun for me too because I get to see the people and play music. Uh, and I would also say when it comes to Harvest is uh, come at Harvest time. You know, some people are, you know, not sure about coming at Harvest because we're so busy and is that a good time to come? It really is the best time to come. The weather's beautiful out here, and we have a great time, and we're very busy, but we're not too busy for visitors. And I'd say, yeah, come out uh, for the 2011 harvest and see what it looks like. Great, great, great. Well, Dean, that's all the time we have, unfortunately. So I want to thank you for being my guest tonight. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you giving my listeners such great insight into your world and all that, and I will... I will definitely look to have you on again so we can talk some more, and I want to talk more about music as well and your guitar playing. So thank you for being my guest. It's been my pleasure, and uh, thanks to all your audience for uh, listening in, and come visit us sometime. Absolutely. Take care, Dean. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was... Dean Sylvester of Whitehall Lane Vineyards. Uh, that's going to be the show for tonight. I uh, just want a quick note. Um, I guess on the Hit CNBC World Show, Wine Portfolio with host Jody Ness should be airing soon, so check your local CNBC World listings for that date. Um, I'm looking to participate in some wine food festivals in London and the Virgin Islands, so keep listening here, and I'll keep you posted. And I want to thank everyone who listened in and tweeted their questions. I want to especially thank Dean Sylvester of Whitehall Lane. If you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click the link for all my wine articles, videos, and listen to archived wine talk shows. This will be available within the next 24 hours. Uh, as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru.